0: About that later, just like, yeah, wants to do on the rest. You can take more on your way By the way, they only sell them in shafts of hundreds, so, um, in a hundred, so you know you can take a few ones. I take a handful with you. But I just I hope that as we enter into a more serious note the Easter week, this this week that leads us up to the most really important holidays of the Christian year. Of course, we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross all year long. But there's something about the seasons in the Christian calendar which make us again and, and sort of point ourselves to the significance, the importance of what God did for us, what he went through for us. And so it starts really at the beginning of the week. If you have not been using our Lent booklet that we gave out at the beginning of Lent, this would be a good week to start it, just even for this week, for Lent, uh, for the week before the Holy Week, to go through the Lent book, to do some of the prayers, a great week to do that. Um, and I encourage you to join us on Thursday. We are still going to have our last Lent prayer session at 7.30 in the morning on Zoom, so you can get that link um, from your e-bulletin from last week or this week, and so you should be able to join with us and pray as we enter into the season, and then Friday, we're doing something that I'm so excited about, okay, so I want you to catch a little excitement um, is our Good Friday service, and we're going to be out in the community, out in the center of this town, in the center of that little, little overhang thing on the left as you go in. And it is going to be an incredible time just worship. We're going to worship the Lord like we do here. We're going to have some music. We're going to have um, a little bit of a teaching. And the, the message that God is giving me is that in stripes we are healed. Amen. So the focus is going to be the healing of Jesus To us physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, because of what He did for us on the cross, and so we're going to focus there. Um, And we're hopeful that people will just walk by and see. I think think Hamilton's showing that night, so maybe some people will be there for before Hamilton uh, coming through. But we just hope that we can be just an example of Christian love and worship uh, in the middle of our city. So I'd like to ask you to please come. If you come, bring a share, Otherwise, you will be sitting on the ground. So, so bring a chair or a, a, a lawn share. But come, bring friends. Um, we won't do anything weird or strange. It's just going to be us worshiping and and having some opportunity to pray for people at the end. So, anybody either from our church or from the community that wants and wants prayer, we're going to make that available to people. So, I'm really excited about that, and I hope you can come. Then on Saturday, of course, we have the Easter egg hunt, which is uh, great fun for the family. If you're, even if you don't have little kids, come out and just, just have fun being outside with the kids. Uh, I understand from Susan there's just hundreds of eggs being filled by all sorts of people. So uh, there will be lots of eggs. Bring your friends. Have your kids bring your friends uh, to come to the egg hunt. It will be a lot of fun. I think she has a lot of activities as well and little snacks available. So it will be a great time to celebrate at Earl Park at 3 o'clock on Saturday. And then of course the Super Bowl of Christian of the Christian world, Easter Sunday, 10:30 Sunday morning. Um, I'm going to dress up just a little. I know this is not a dress up church, but I'm just saying okay. I'm going to dress up just a little. So uh, if you feel like it, just a little up, up on that. Uh, feel free if you want to just come in shorts like Chris. That's fine too. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, The last announcement is actually about something that's coming up in July. We actually need to start registering for it now. Um, We are part of the Bigger USA Association of Churches and we are part of the Southeast region. And so every year they they have, every other year they have the big conference, which I went to in Phoenix last year, which is the national. Then on the off years they have a regional conference. This is Southeast, it's North of South Carolina, part of Tennessee maybe Georgia, I can't remember. Uh, But uh, it's kind of our region of of churches, and anyone is available to come. You don't have to be on staff, you don't have to be pastor elder or anything, you can just come, um, and you're gonna get a link in your e to this week. I encourage you to sign up if you're gonna sign up. Uh, There's registration, there's a a discount on a hotel there, but there's also plenty of Airbnbs and hotels around if you wanna get something uh, else. But it'd be so great to have a whole bunch of us there. And this is a time to really absorb what our Vineyard is about, what, what the teachings are, what the messages are, how we approach worship, how we approach um, the issues of justice, how we approach discipleship. This is going to be a great, great time. And the whole is going to be there, hopefully most of the board. Um, so I encourage you to just look for that. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. back, but I want us to just take a moment to prepare our hearts, because this is an act of worship, as much as anything else we do uh, during our service, it is a time of giving back to, uh, to the Lord what he has given to us, in a very, very practical and real way, and so Lord, we just, this moment, give to you our tithes and offerings, these, these gifts that we give to you, Lord, as much as we have, or as little as we have, Lord, we want to give generously to you, with a cheerful heart, for your glory, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 At this time, children are dismissed for their uh, classes and let stay in the great room. Hello. 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 like that by the church in the book of Acts. And um, one of the wonderful things about the church is the many, many people that you meet along the way, people that love Jesus, people that are special to you, that make an impact on your life. And I just want to take a very short moment before I start to welcome my friend Luann Denny-Bertra. I'm to now. I know it was Luann Denny from years ago, but she was a really good friend of mine back in the day, way back when I was still young. Uh, and we, she was an important mentor in my life. And someone who had really worked to me at a time when I was just starting out in ministry, and she was one of those, um, those kind of strange phenomena at the time—a woman who went to seminary—and I was very impressed with that. That she went to seminary and was learning and wanted to grow in her in her walk with the Lord and how she could teach, and she's an incredible teacher. So I just want to welcome Leah so and so of her and I'm here partly because of what you did in my life. Um, it's just precious to think of the people that have worked in those over the years. Um, and uh, we always get to thank them, so I want to opportunities. that opportunity. I was looking at a church, uh, on a blog, on a Google search one time for church. Just things about church, what people said about church, why we should go to church, what's important about church. And I came across this blog, which gave a lot of good reasons. It said that, you know, church is a place where we grow our faith. We have people who mentor us. We have um, times of worship. We have community and fellowship and people and friends that we make along the way. And all those things were great. Um, but then I looked at the comments below the blog, and they were a little different. They said things like, I don't agree with this. There's too many cliques in church. Or they said, church is not my cup of tea. Every time I went to church, I had a very unpleasant experience. Or what I found in church was rejection I felt isolated I going church. And when I read stuff like that, I hold myself back for writing on the blog, come to our church. It's not like that. It's not like that. But, you know, I'm not naive. I think even in a wonderful church like A.C. which is so loving and so friendly, it is possible for people to walk in and not feel quite comfortable. To feel isolated, to feel alone—it is possible even in the best of churches. And I think there's some reasons for that. I think one reason for that is the enemy. Yeah. Well, Satan hates church. Yeah. I was just yeah. be that. He hates church. He hates when we yeah. gather, and so he's going to do everything to get in the way, to create conflict, to create misunderstanding, and all that stuff that happens Sunday morning. You know, when you, know, you have it all planned out, and then the kids will. Authentic, vibrant, devoted church, like we've been studying in the book of Acts, people who are there for each other, or do they see clicks and fighting and legalism? What do they see when they come to us? They see people who have had a transformation of Christ in our heart, and we're real about that, we're honest about that. We don't say we've got it all figured out. When we come and we say, come join us on this journey with God. Are we, are we that kind of people? Are we a people that's a place of diversity? Or, we're so welcoming. Are other people and other cultures and other languages and other races so that we can learn from one another, care about the things each other care about? Are we that kind of church? And we've seen a lot of this in Acts. I'm going to just give you like a quick uh, overview of what we've been learning so far in Acts. The first thing we learned is that the Holy Spirit, I mean, that the church is Holy Spirit-filled. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Remember, that's how it started, Pentecost, coming of the Holy Spirit, and the church was formed. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no, there's no church. There's no church without the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And so we need to keep on being filled with the Spirit, keep inviting him. That's why we always invite the Holy Spirit to come, to be filled with him. But the church about it is a Jesus-centered. Remember, we talked about this, that the, Jesus, that the church is all about Jesus and the gospel. But we have the greatest story ever told, you and me. And you and I get to tell it. Because Jesus has made a difference in our lives, and so we can make a difference in others. We're also a family devoted to each other, giving to each other, caring for each other, caring about the things that affect each other. And then we talked about multiplication. And as a church, we're not just all about coming in and getting ourselves fed in their own home. No. We're about how can I take what the Lord has given me and pour it out into others that we're making disciples, we're making disciples, we're making disciples. disciples. Mm -hmm. Mm Amen? And then then finally, we are also a church, we talked about this last week, the the early church was a church that was strengthened in the middle of their child. They didn't get weaker in their child, they actually got stronger. Why? Because it put perseverance in them. They leaned on God and leaned on each other and get stronger. So, in other words, when God's church is operating the way God intended it to operate, it's a powerful force. A glorious body of believers, of people with a grand purpose, healed and saved, devoted, devoted to the Lord. A dynamic walking with God and making a difference in the world. I'm so glad to be part of the church, are you? Amen. I'm so glad to be part of the church. So glad. But what exactly is church? What are we talking about when we talk about church? We tend to think about the buildings and the programs and people say, what's your church like? They say, well, my pastor is this or that. My worship team is this. We have this ministry. We point to the building and say, that's my church. So is that really what church is? I want to go uh, to a concept that I learned in seminary, actually. So we're going to go to seminary this morning. Is that all right? Can we go to school school just for a little bit? We're going to seminary a little bit. Because it was a concept that really helped me to understand this. And there was a difference between the visible church and the invisible church. The visible church is what you see, what the world sees. It's the building. And the great paint job. And it's and it's the, 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 the music on the stage, and it's the ministries that we do. It's all the things that people tend to think about as church. It's how we do church. If you go to another country, they're, the way they do church is very different from the way we do church. We look very different. That's all the visible church. That's what most people think about. They, when you say I of to church and say, Morning, no, that's what they think you're doing. But the visible church is not the true church. The true church is the invisible church. Who's the invisible church? The invisible church are the group of people who have been changed by Jesus. God. It's the people who have encountered him, had in an internal, invisible change, and become children of God. God. That's the invisible church. That's the true church of God. And what's interesting is that the invisible church is sits intermingled with people who are simply attending the visible church. You can't always tell the difference. So, some of us here today may be churchgoers. We just have always gone to church, it's what we do, it's, it's part of our culture, it's part of our family. I had a friend at North who used to say, I'm going to go to church until my grandmother dies. Because if she if, if she knew I wasn't going to church, I'd be in, church, I'd be in, I'd be in trouble. So I'm going to just wait until she dies, then I'll stop, but I'm just going until then. So some of us, we just come, or some of us, you know, have tried, but it's just not, we're not sure about it, the whole thing that We are part of the visible church. And if that's you this morning, I'm so glad you're here. I mean, it's not like you shouldn't be here. We're so glad to have you part of the family of God and and to learn about God and to open your heart to God and ask all your questions. Ask all your questions, bring all your doubts. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to to know everything to be part of what we do here this church. But we should keep in mind that, as someone so aptly put it, being in church doesn't make you a christian any more than being a mcdonald's makes you a hamburger (laughs) being in church doesn't make you a christian or part of the invisible church and at the end of the day visible church is not what the church is all about all the externals and when we get that Disconnected in our mind when we get there long, we start focusing on the visible church How the sound system's working, how this is happening, if we have this ministry or that ministry We focus on that, we forget that the true purpose of the church Is to create an environment and a place so that people can find Jesus So a soul can find God And that's the important thing, helping people find God and glorifying Him That's the purpose of the church, that's what we're about In fact, whole There's whole churches Made up of people, made up of, of, of people, people who are trying to keep a visible church going when there's no invisible church there, that the Holy Spirit's left the building. May it never be. May it never be. Listen, if the building burned down, if the instruments all stopped working, if the sound system went out and there was no heat in this place, and I couldn't talk anymore because I got married, neither, and neither could Donnie and Charles sing, if all The streets had stopped and so on. And I know a lot of pastor friends and a lot of them have said that during that period a lot of people got disconnected from the church. Even, Even though there was online available and there were some things available, they got disconnected. And um, in some cases, we don't know why, and this for some of this was a hard season and we we're struggling and online's not great, and I get all that. Um, but I think for some it could be that the visible church was what church was about. Instead of the invisible church. And what I saw among people who love Jesus,
1: or people who are
0: sincerely seeking Jesus, maybe have fun with it, but they love the body of Christ, they love the people, they love to know what they want to know about Jesus, those people. the big part of COVID when everything was shut down. We, oh, we're in. That's, that's exciting. exciting. I love that. That's true church. Amen. That's the invisible church. So let us be a church that's about offering every person an opportunity. Every single person to ask questions to be loved and have that transforming experience of Jesus to join that invisible church that people who follow God who have been changed by God. Amen. That's what we're to do I want, I want us just for a moment to be mindful of our own hearts. That for some, some of us, again, again, we may have we just we come to church, I and we know deep down can, that we haven't really given our hearts to Jesus, and, and that's that's okay. That's okay. okay. This is a great place to be to learn about what that would mean. Um, I remember uh, going to church for the first time when I got saved at 15. So I was 15. I came to Jesus, and so I got to go to youth group for the first time. i have never been, I've never been to church, I've never been to youth group. So I showed up at youth. Group, so excited. excited. I mean, like, I'm a brand um, new Christian, so I'm like, oh, look at what it says oh. in the Bible. That's not what the gospels about. That's um, not what the, the church, church is about. The church is about knowing Jesus. It's, it's about, about finding him in that invisible, quiet, personal place that you have, that he knows and that no one else knows. It's and what so I, pray, I pray, pray we find that here. Okay. And I pray that for anybody walking in these doors, that maybe think it's just all about the visible church. Well, there's something invisible happening <coughs> that's available to every single one of us. Okay. How I want to close our series today on the church, the church of Acts. And I would like to kind of step back for a minute and this, this message is going to be a little bit impressionistic. You know, this is going to be a little more noir rather than more Morocco. Do you understand? You know, a little, little, little more step back. We're not going to so much be going through specific things we're supposed to do, specific, even a specific verse we're just going to pour into. But it's going to be more stepping back and getting kind of visual, visceral, visceral kind of idea of what is the church that you get to be part of, that you and I get to be part of here today. I want to open up your eyes, expand our vision just a little bit of mm-hmm. what the church is, all right? I want you to realize that when you come to Christ, to become a part of God's family, you become part of something that is everlasting and eternal. Strong and powerful, beautiful and beloved. That's what you get to be a part of. So we're going to kind of go through those each, each one at a time. So we're we'll going to talk first about God's church being everlasting and eternal. It's like I told you, you're now suddenly part of the ocean. The ocean ain't going anywhere. I mean, it may be rising a little, falling a little, it may be warming or this or that, but the ocean is, culture better, like the Apostle Paul, how he changed how he spoke to different cultures and different cities, but still brought the gospel. So we need to think about that, ways we can be more relevant to the culture without losing the truth of the gospel and what Jesus did for us. Sometimes we need to act a little bit better, be less judgmental, be more loving. Sometimes particular churches will fail. There's a life cycle for churches just as there is for our people and for cities, but God's big sea church, you know, the big sea church is everlasting. It's eternal. It will never fail. It's never going to go away. God created his church to be a place where the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven comes down on earth, right? When Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. and they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals, because you were slain. With your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. This is where the church will end up, people. It's never blown away. It's everlasting. It's eternal. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let me just take a moment to say something about something. First Peter two five, like living stones are being built together into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood. What's a holy priesthood? There are people called to serve in the house of the Lord, to serve God, to worship, to bring offerings in the house of the Lord. This everlasting kingdom in the local church is going to be through this, the kingdom and the priests. And who are the priests?
1: Yeah, it's me.
0: I'm not the priest. We're all priests, Amen. we're all priests. Amen. So, so let's listen. delight in this, that we get the privilege and the honor as kingdom and priests before our God to serve in his household. Listen to the heart of, of the psalmist in Psalm 8410. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the house of the wicked. I'd rather be a doorkeeper I'd rather be greeting people as they come in on Sunday morning. I'd rather be serving in the children's ministry. I'd rather be doing the media with sound in the back. I'd rather be singing on the stage. I'd rather be helping with the admin. I'd rather do anything than be anywhere house. This is holy work, people. This is blessed work. We are so privileged to get to serve in the house of our God. And every one of us is a priest, so every one of us has an anointing on us to serve in that capacity, whatever that may be, small or big, in front of people or something that nobody ever sees. Oh, you're a priest. It's, it's a, priestly a priestly duty. Cleaning yeah, exactly. the floors, is a pri- priestly duty. Yeah. Staple and folding together cards is a priestly duty. Getting on the floor with children, it's a priestly duty. That's what we do to serve Jesus and serve this people. It's a blessed, blessed thing. This is so counter to consumer Christianity that is rampant in this place, in this, in this, you know, in this country. Where people, people show up at church and I'm like, I don't know, it's not want to speak to me today. <laughs> Worship was not great. Yeah. The sound system is awesome. off. Awesome. You know, it's all, all about, about children's ministry, something, I don't know. Right. You know we, it's, it's all, all about, about us. This is a consumer mentality. There's, that has nothing to do with priesthood. <laughs> yeah, right. There's nothing to do with priesthood. One last word about that's this that's for some that's older that's Christians, that's okay? That's I can speak because I'm over 50. So I can preach to some older Christians. One of the saddest things for Pauline has been to watch friends of ours who have gotten over 50, 55, 60, 65, and while they used to be so engaged in the church, so focused on serving and giving all their gifts and building the kingdom of God, they pulled back as they got older. They pulled back and kind of pulled away. And there's all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's things you can't avoid, like health or other things like that, that prevent you from, from serving in some way. But... but Usually it's well, the church doesn't they go a preacher and I can get online and I can I can listen to something better. You sure can get online and get something better than me. Trust me, <laughs> it's a lot online a lot better. Or, or the music's too loud, you know, the young people they make the music too loud. <laughs> <laughs> or you know it doesn't have enough of this or that. Or I can just you know it's better for me to just stay home. I'm too far away. I got my grandkids. Whatever, whatever. And. I just, I just want to say, to say that, that I think sometimes we older Christians can be fussier than the young ones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we're set in our ways. You we know, know we're right. Right. we like we like the way they did it in 1985. <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> in so so 1985, then we're all in. <laughs> we can be fussier. <laughs> we're set in our ways, and you know, we're a little jaded. Maybe we've done it all with. So God has such, such, so much for you as an older believer. Oh my goodness. Do you realize what you can pour into the body of Christ? Do you realize how many young families, young people here would love for you to just pour into their life? Love, wisdom, ministry, babies and their kids. I don't know. They would just love for you to pour into them. Do you know how much your prayers mean? Because you can pray. You've had years of prayer 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 prayer. You praying. you have prayed. I don't know how much your prayers are needed. I know how much. Because you don't have little kids running around. You can be here during the week or other times. And how help out. Oh, my gosh. The Lord has so much for you. Please don't think it's over. There's so much. much. Are okay. we going to be strong to the end, church? Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. be strong to the end. The yeah. end that's of times. God takes me out, you know, in, in, in the box. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Let's be strong to the end. Amen. All right. So that's about God. Church is eternal. But the second thing I want to say about the church is that it is strong and powerful. This is very similar in a way, but, but a little different. Listen to what Jesus himself says to Peter in Matthew 16. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Amen. Nothing will come against God's church. Nothing And we've been through all these verses. We've read them all the last several weeks uh, about the church, but just think about it through the lines of how strong the church is. How it just keeps going no matter what. Acts 4.
1: God's grace
0: was so powerfully at work in them all. Acts 5. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. Acts 6. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Acts 9. Then the church enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. Acts 11, the Lord's hand was with them. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And Acts 12, the word of God continued to spread and to flourish. Do you see, do you hear the ongoing powerful strength of God's church. It's just always going to keep on growing and, and, and flourishing. The word keeps going out. people keep getting saved. So we do not need to be discouraged. All right? It could be that studies show American church attendance is dwindling. It's true in Europe, too, of course, not us. If you get one of those it's growing in Africa, it's growing in South America, it's growing in China. You know, we're part of something bigger than it's just the U.S. We're a part of a mighty, mighty force that is the church of God. And there will be ups and there will be downs. And there will be churches that close and there will be churches that form. But God's church will remain. The church, the big sea church, the eternal church, the invisible church of people that love God and follow after Him—it will always remain. me. Yes. Amen. 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 I'm going to move ahead to God's church is beloved and beautiful. Our last point here today, which is to me one of the most touching and compelling images of the church in Scripture, and it's this image of us as a bride, bride of Christ. And, you know, I've had men tell me that sometimes this image is a little hard for you to grasp. I understand. I get that. It might help you to think about it more from the perspective of Jesus and how he feels when he looks on his bride. Because he is crazy about his bride. Just like that moment when you see your, your bride come down the aisle, uh, and, and you're about to get married that, that moment. I had a really good friend of ours posted a couple years ago. His name's Rick, and he posted uh, on Facebook that it was 29 years of his anniversary. And uh, since he had been married to his wife Wendy, he was so excited. And he said, I remember walking on air when I walked out that building. My new <laughs> right passages in Scripture, Revelation 9, 19, 67. This is in heaven at the end of time. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice in Him glory for the wedding of the land has come, and the bride has made herself good. Revelation 21, 1 and 2, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea.
1: I saw the holy
0: city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. With a bride. And what was striking only just a couple days ago is how much preparation the bride was doing. She was prepared. She was making herself ready. My son's about to get married in about a month, a little over a month you can't believe how much that beautiful bride has getting herself ready. I mean, she's been getting ready for like two years. Getting the dress, getting the this, the hair, the makeup, all that so much getting ready. Are we, the bride? are we making ourselves ready to come before our King, to be with Him in heaven? Are we, are we right now doing the things that make us ready to be His beautiful, beautiful bride? So you may remember that the first word I gave you, the Lord really gave me to give you when I first came here, is that God loves Casey Vineyard. He loves this church. He loves this church who are so precious and beautiful to him. And as we gather together, I hope that that as a result, as a response to him, we would be pouring out our love to him. It's a two-way street just like the groom, you know, is excited to see his bride come down so the the bride's pulse is racing when she sees her groom. Can we be the bride that is excited to see our God, that's passionate to see him, that pours out our love for him when we, we come up. together in this place, he's the lover of our souls. He wants to speak over us. He's ready to heal. He's present in this place with us. Charles and morning. he's present here, actually here. The King of Kings, the Lord of he Lords, is. Here. Sacred spaces. That just ministers to me. It's how I kind of get close to the Lord. And when I walk in this built in this sanctuary now, I get a little like excited thing in this stomach. Even if it's during the week, like nobody else is here, I get just a little because God's here. His presence is here. He does stuff. He's doing stuff here. He's doing things here. And so he's he's present. And I also hate it when I miss a week. I feel like I missed out on everything. What happened? What I doing? That kind of excitement and expectation coming here to church. Yes. Coming here with the body of Christ. And if we're like that, there's not much that Donnie and Charles have to do. They can show up for well, worship. We're going to pour our love to Jesus. Everybody to worship him. But the body of Christ. Pure, holy, set apart for him. Devoted to him, in love with him, love with, him with eyes only for him. Beloved, precious, beautiful. And Amen. So as I bring this to a close today, I've been saying to you that the church is everlasting, eternal, it's and strong, and powerful, beautiful, and beloved. And as I look back on the comments on the blog posts that I read at the beginning about how I just don't get into church, I feel isolated, I see the importance of it. First of all, I think we need to make sure that we as a church are a place where every person feels welcome. It's probably what this diversity working group is about. It's probably what we're trying to do in our greeting and everything. that people feel welcome wherever they are on their faith journey. That they come as you are. However you dress, however you look, however you feel, just come as you are. Maybe be a place of welcome that, that wants to hear and listen and learn from one another. Let's be that place. But second, it also makes me think, even i got to rewind it over and over again, of the beauty and the strength of God's church, the Big City Church, that so we're part of something way bigger than ourselves way better than whether the sound system works or if the band is on key or you know fun, yeah. or not. You know, all of that is secondary because we're the of people coming together. Hallelujah. God's there. God's glorious presence is here. So, so last day I just want to say I'm so proud to be part of Gates of Vineyard. You're loved by God. God loves Gates of You are a truly beautiful group of people tore yourself out for each other. Who spend time together. Who, who people drive out of their way to drive people places. People go way far away to bring food and meals to people. All you serve and under the bridge and you know under a you know in a dirty parking lot and and who serve here in this church. You're beautiful, beautiful.